Welcome to this week's C10 Conversation. I'm Matt Folks. Our C word for this week is competitor. And in the C in the major leagues vernacular, a competitor is someone who has a desire and ability to compete, has high expectations, is tough-minded, and has the ability to overcome obstacles and brings out the best in teammates. This week's guest certainly fits that. Although the Olympic Games in Tokyo are over, we wanted to bring you one more guest who has medaled in the Olympics and definitely fits that word, competitor. Taryn Humphrey helped the U.S. gymnastics team win its first gold medal at the World Gymnastics Championships in 2003 and then won two silver medals a year later at the Olympic Games in Athens, Greece. She then went to the University of Alabama, where she was an 11-time NCAA All-American and won the national championship in the uneven bars in 2005 and 2007. Unfortunately, though, she had to retire from competitive gymnastics in 2008 during her senior year, shortly before the NCAA national meet. She's in the USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame, where she was inducted as part of the team in 2008 and then individually in 2015. As if all of that is not enough, she's competed on American Ninja Warrior twice, she's a former police officer, and she was on the selection team for USA Gymnastics for the 2012 and 2016 Olympic Games. This interview was recorded at the end of July in front of our C10 students and mentors at Musical Theater Heritage inside Crown Center in downtown Kansas City. As is the case with most of these conversations that we record in front of our students, some of this chat has been deleted to keep some of that conversation private between Taryn and the students. Before we introduced Taryn that night, we showed the video of her silver medal performance at Athens on the uneven bars, and you can find that link in this week's show notes. So after showing that and bringing Taryn up on the stage, we opened the conversation by asking her about the nervousness she felt before and during that routine. I was actually more nervous at Olympic trials because you just don't know if you're going to make that team or not. So by the time I competed in the Olympics, I had done my routines thousands and millions of times that I was just so prepared and so ready. But um, yeah, I can still, playing back, it's, it's crazy. I can still feel my nerves, but at the same time, I can feel like I was prepared and I was meant to be there. So it's just crazy. And then I was just so happy for it to be done. Just, <laughs> I was so ready for it to be done. Very good. So. Well, we will come back to the Olympics, sure. uh, but we like to start these just what we call pregame batting practice, a chance for everybody to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Some quick hit questions. Here we go. Question number one, my hero growing up was? Uh, my dad. Dad? My dad. And there was no hesitation when you said yep. that? Nope, not at all. Uh, my dad was actually a baseball and football player. Um, he just, he taught me that no matter what, you want to go through life with no regrets. So give it all you got now or it's now or never. Yeah, very good. Question number two, if not for gymnastics, I would have been a? Ice skater. <laughs> really? Yes. Did you ice skate all yes. growing up? Um, not at all. Um, oh. <laughs> not at all. Um, and I love to ice skate now. I'm just really bad. Um, my mom and I used to go every Monday when I moved back home, and uh, I just cannot figure out how to stop. But I love skating. Well, I think that's why they have the walls. I know, that's what I do. I run into the wall. Yeah, I think yeah. That's, that's a good thing. Question number three. This one I told you about. My favorite Olympic memory on TV is? Yeah. Um, so I actually grew up watching the 96 Olympic gymnastics team, but... Um, they still play it to this day, but I always watched Mary Lou Retton. Um, I still remember her running to Bella and giving her him a big hug, and that's like my main memory for the Olympics. 
Cool. Then question number four, if I could meet one person in history, it would be. Oh my goodness. I have to come back to that one. Well, that's the last question. We can't <laughs> no, come back to know. it. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Okay. Well, we may have to come back to it. Okay. So you kind of mentioned as we we're playing that, that you had turned 18 that week. So this yep. is going to be an odd question for you, okay. but take us back to 17-year-old Taryn Humphrey. What were you like yeah. at 17? I was very stubborn. I was, um, actually, 17 was a good year for me because in 2003 Worlds, I actually was on the on the world team. And then as I was going to compete, I got my spot taken from me. They flew in another gymnast to take my spot. So I was on my 17th birthday sitting watching the girls train. Um, I made a promise to myself right then, then and there that I was going to change my mindset. I was going to change my attitude towards the sport, and I was just going to work my butt off. Mm -hmm. And I made a promise to myself right then and there that nobody else would take my spot. And so 17 was a good year for me. I worked and I worked and I worked, and I made, I made the team. Well, and, and our word this week is competitor. Yeah. And that kind of fits with yeah. that word competitor. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's go from about 14, 13, 14 to 17, not quite 18. Yeah. How does that word competitor look for you? Um, I would say when I was that age, I kind of was just going through the motions like I was a good gymnast, but I wasn't like reaching my full potential. I, I guess I was lying to myself, like, I'm working really hard, like, what's my problem? But I really wasn't. I, 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 my attitude kind of sucked, and I was just kind of like, I have to go back to the gym. Um, so it just, I, I had a different mindset back then. What changed that mindset? Um, basically, I call it my worst failure, um, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But sometimes when you get stuff stripped from you, it makes you realize like what's important. And I'd worked my whole life for this. And so um, my attitude changed. I just was like, why am I working so hard not to make this Olympic team? Mm -hmm. And I, I think just getting my spot taken is what changed me. What year was your first world championship? I think I was 14 years old, 14 or 15, yeah. Did your parents drive you to that, or was it just something that you were driven to do? Um, no, when I was nine years old, I was in St. Joe training, and I went to state meet, and a team from Blue Springs was beating everybody at state. And so our gym was like, why is this gym winning everything, and why are we not? So we ended up switching to that gym. And from the age 19 to 18, my coach was like, you're going to the Olympics. And we just thought he was nuts, like... You know, how many, there's six girls every four years that go to the Olympics. I'm not going out. Um, but my main goal was to get a college scholarship. So as I got older, I realized I made every team that I tried for that maybe it really was possible. I, Olympics were the only thing left. Were you athletic growing up? Did you play oh, everything? Yeah. Everything from Monopoly to everything. Yes. So you were competitive <laughs> oh, yeah. in everything. Yes. What other, what other sports did you end up yeah. Growing up. Um, I actually rode horses growing up, and then when I came and when I was nine years old, Alice said I had to stop everything else. It's strictly gymnastics. So I trained uh, 40 hours a week and didn't have much time for anything else. 40 hours a week? 40 hours, yeah. We had double workouts. And then I actually trained. 
before school for a while, and then we were always late to school, so we had to, we had to change that. So how did, how did school work out during all this? Um, so seventh and eighth grade, I ended up homeschooling, and I begged and begged my parents to put me back in school. I was like, I have to have more than the gym and home. Uh, so my coach went to Odessa High School is where I went. He went to Odessa and was like, can we work something out? Like, she wants to go to school. So I ended up going to school from 7 to noon. I went to train from 1 to 7, and then I did an online class at night. When did you first start thinking about the Olympics? Oh, I would say when I made the world team was when I really got serious about it. Um, the whole time my coach was like, Taryn, you're going to the Olympics. And I, I'm like, no, Al, like, I don't even know what you're talking about. My very first nationals, I got 99th place. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I did level five for three years in a row. So I'm like, I'm not talented. I'm not good. Like, whatever. Um, but then when I got older, I'm, you know, as I was in the gym and I made every team, I was like, okay, maybe he's not so crazy. When did you start to think, okay, this, I've got an opportunity to... Um, I was probably 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just seems, I mean, again, as I think about my own kids and I look at these guys, that's... I know. Babies. It's ambitious. <laughs> How did you deal with failure? Um, you know, at first, I was really bad. I was kind of like, feeling sorry for myself, um, you know, I'd be like, I don't understand, I'm working hard, like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, like why? But like I said, the world's team, when I was sitting in the stands on my birthday watching everyone else train where I was supposed to, I think it just, it was like, okay, I have to start standing up for what I want now. I have mm. to start working for what I want. Nobody's gonna hand this to me, so I'm fooling myself. I'm not really working that hard. Um, so I went back in the gym, and when my coach gave me a number, I did twice as much as he told me to do. I was just like, there's no way this is ever going to happen again. So That failure is what motivated you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you make the team, and, and things just don't go really well, or they don't go the way that you expect them to or want them to, want them to go, how did you deal with it then? Um, that was every day. Um, even when I made the Olympic team, it was, okay, now America is wanting me to do good. So now I have a whole different side of pressure. Um, so every day there was always something, like there was always somebody sick or you didn't feel very good or there's always something or you tweaked an ankle. Um, so just for me, it was attitude. Like just I have to change my attitude. Like nothing's going to be perfect, so I need to change it, and, and that's okay. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out plan B. So, yeah. Okay, so when you talk about injuries, how many surgeries have you had? Oh my gosh, okay. I've had five elbow surgeries, I had a double hip surgery, I'm about to have two ankle surgeries, I've had two toe surgeries. <laughs> okay, so the physical pain is, is there quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this week we've heard a lot about Simone Biles and backing out and, and citing the, the mental side of things. And it kind of hit me today that, you know, Dayton talks a lot about the mental side of baseball. And if you're not completely focused, particularly at the major league level, if you're not completely focused, it's gonna rob you of your hitting ability, your pitching ability, et cetera, et cetera. And I started to think there's no other sport like that. And then I thought today about, as I'm watching this again, and I think if your focus is not on this, it could be more surgeries. It could be really bad. Talk about, if you would, just that mental side of- Yeah, um, so gymnastics is, 
it's really hard sport, and it's arguably one of the hardest sports. I don't, I don't know how everyone else feels about that, but it is. Um, it's the hardest on your body, and if you're not focused, it takes one one second to slip off the bars and land on your neck. It takes one second, as you guys all saw Simone come out and not know where she's at. So um, you have to be focused. You at one time I was playing around in the gym and I rolled my ankles and I was petrified to tell my coach, but it, you know I was out for a little while. So it's it's one turn. But how, how did you get through the stressful times, the anxiety? Because as you mentioned, and, and for Simone, it's even bigger when you talk about the weight of, okay, well, now I'm competing for the United States. And you felt that pressure. Yeah. And then somebody like Simone, who's arguably one of the greatest gymnasts of all time. Yeah. Uh, how did you deal with, with that pressure? Um, so it's definitely your your support system. Like I had very down to earth parents and at the end of the day, it was just a sport. Um, you know, my family's the most important and as long as they were, you know, love me no matter what, then I'll just go out and do my best. So definitely the support. Have any siblings? I have an older brother. Older brother? Yes. What did he think about all this? Um, actually, he <laughs> he forever like hated gymnastics and he got dragged to all the competitions and he just hated it. So. Um, I actually moved to Kansas City, and my brother and my dad stayed in Albany, Missouri, until I figured out I was staying. And so he hated me forever. <laughs> I, he had to switch schools. He's like, I just, I hate you right now. <laughs> um, but he ended up liking it. And then he was actually in the Marines whenever I went to the Olympics. And as far as I know, they've never let anyone take leave to go to the Olympics. So um, he got to do that. So he thought it was pretty cool. Very cool. Hey, this is Matt Folks. I hope you're enjoying this week's conversation. Let's take a quick break and introduce you to one of the students in the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Program. Hello, my name is Isaiah Evans and I go to Lincoln College Prep. My favorite part about C10 is the community service aspect, Thanksgiving. We went shopping to get some Thanksgiving baskets. I chose to give it to my great aunt and my grandmother. And when we came to their house, I could just see the joy in their eyes and they were very thankful for me to be thinking about them at that time, especially during the pandemic. It hasn't been so easy for us to get food and things like that. The C10 program helped us with that. Thank you so much for helping to make that possible. That's this week's C10 Student Spotlight. If you'd like to make an impact for a student, please click on the link in the show's notes. Now back to this week's conversation. Well, let's, let's talk about the Olympics then. For your year, it was in Athens. Yeah. You had been on a gold medal winning world championship team the year before. The first time the U.S. had ever won gold yep. in gymnastics at Worlds. Was it a foregone conclusion in many ways of who's going to make the team the next year, or is it still as stressful going into Athens? Oh, it's still stressful. Um, it's actually, um, you cannot have, so once the competition starts, you cannot bring any other athlete in. So up until the day you competed, you really didn't know if that was your spot. Um, so, you know, you go into practice thinking, oh, my gosh, is this alternate going to be better than I am? Um, so, like, the pressure just keeps building and building and building. All right, so once you make the team, talk about that excitement <laughs> and that emotion. Um, so we were the first and last ever team to be announced live on television. We found out when the entire world found out. Huh. Um, so that they don't do that anymore, obviously. Uh, but I was just like, I was so excited. I, I don't, 
cry that often, I don't think. And then I, I just cried because I'm like, I don't know what else to feel. You're so happy. But then you're like, oh, my gosh, we still got the <laughs> we still got to compete. And then uh, we'd been gone from home from a month. So you just have so many emotions. Um, my deal with my parents was if I made the team, I could get a tattoo. So I called my mom. And I'm like, I get the Olympic tattoo. And they're like, yeah, we were watching. We know. Like, so that was that was my fun stuff. So for you guys, talk about the time between the trials and the actual games. What was that like? How much time? Where were you guys training? Et cetera? Um, so um, in Olympic trials and gymnastics, the top two make the team no matter what. So um, Car- and Carly Patterson had won Worlds all around the year before. Mm-hmm. So we already knew Courtney McCool, who was from Lee Summit. She made the team, and Courtney Capetz had made the team. And then we already knew Carly Patterson was on that team. So that left three spots. And um, it was kind of hard for me, um, but competitor. The radio stations were playing music to raise to raise money for Courtney McCool's family. So every day I would listen to how Courtney McCool is going to the Olympics. And I'm like, dude, I have been training longer and harder. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of a drive for me. Um, knowing that my teammate was going, um, she pushed me every day. That pushed me harder. And, and stronger, and um, so listening to you know, you know, they're on the radio, like she's going to the Olympics, blah blah blah. Um, it just made me want to work that much harder and do that much more every day. But how much time was there between the time you make the team and the and the actual um, game? So after the trials, you ha- you go to training camp, and that's when they ultimately decided the team. And I think there was like about a month in between okay. there. So then you finally, you make the team, you guys are going to Athens. As you think about just that experience overall, what what stands out most to you? Was it competing with the team? Was it going to Athens, Greece? Was it representing the United States? Kind of a mix of all the above. What was it for you? Um, I think just training. I don't even think it was the competitions. I think Hmm. just being as a team every day for a month straight is just training and seeing what my teammates had to go through and and me myself had to go through is it's a really hard experience but you know in the end it's it's worth it and then we saw uh coach al there from a from a leadership standpoint from a coach what what did you learn from not just him but just all the coaches you were around and learn about leadership um i've learned that it takes literally a team you know he's He's working hard every day. He's missing time out with his family. And it doesn't work unless everybody is in tune together. Um, everybody has to work at work hard. Everybody has to be on the same page. So just, you know, sacrifices that they made. I, I learned so much. I learned how to travel. I learned how to do money just all through my coaches. Like, I didn't even learn that stuff from my parents. Um, so I just learned about life through my coaches. All right. So we watched your silver medal performance. Where were you? Were you last? Were you near the end? Did yeah. you have a pretty good feeling that you were going to end up with a medal at that no. point? No. Um, so you sit down in a room and they're like, okay, so-and-so made finals. So-and-so made finals. They called my name and I was like, are you sure? Because like, I've never even medaled in the United States. What do you mean I made finals? And they're like, no, like you made finals. I'm like, no, like I literally have never gotten a medal in the United States. Like why? And so it kind of took me back. I'm like, they, they cannot be serious. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up, Corkina, the one that you saw going out before me, she was, I don't know how many medals she's won on bars, but she was the queen of bars. And uh, Courtney 
coupettes from the United States. They always beat me. So I'm like, what is going on? Um, so it, it was like a dream. It was, it was crazy to compete. So then you go to the University of Alabama. Yeah. You, you're 11 time or 14 time? 11 time. 11 time. Yep. All I only American. competed three years, but 11. Yeah. Which is just incredible when you, when you think about Thank it. You. And, and injuries kind of did you in as, as far yeah, as? Yeah, um, I got to the point where when I would twist, you guys see the gymnast twist in the air, my arms would get stuck like this. And I'd have to walk back and have my teammate like pop it back out. So um, right before I competed, I ended up having my double surgery. Um, but just as I went on, it just kept taking its toll on me, and I ended up um, retiring. And what did you do after college? Um, well, I actually worked in forensics for a little while. Um, my boss was a ballistics ex expert, um, so guns and stuff. Um, and then I just did not feel, like, fulfilled. Um, they say a lot of Olymp going back. They say a lot of Olympians say, like, what now? And I was definitely at that point in my life where I had no idea. Like, I'd done that my entire life. I didn't even know what to do. And my brother said, hey, like, why don't you be a police officer? And I was like, literally, like, I'm five foot and 100 pounds. What am I going to do? And he's, he's like, just try it. So I ended up going to the academy. I loved it. I beat all, I beat everybody in my class with push-ups, crazy having all my surgeries. But, um, there was only one person who beat me in the push-up record, and that happened to be my brother. It was 105. I did 105. He did 107 push-ups. Um, so I was the first one hired out of my class, and I went to, or I was at Raymore Police Department for four and a half years. Um, I picked the 2012 and 2016 Olympic teams, and then um, now I work at a law office. I did American Ninja Warrior a couple times, but. That wasn't you just there. you just kind of throw that. Yeah. I, I did that little that thing. That was kind of when like it wasn't popular. So I like I had no idea how to train for it. There was no places around. Now there's tons, but I had no idea what I was doing. And someone was like, "Why don't you just try it?" And I was like, "Okay." So I like YouTube. I'm like, "What is this?" Um, but yeah, second year I didn't do very good. But, but you could probably go do it now, couldn't you? No, absolutely no? not. <laughs> I just I just had surgery, so I'm not doing it. All right. So I asked you at the beginning about 17 year old. Taryn, yeah. if you could go back now, what would you tell her? I would tell her that everything is going to be okay and just enjoy the journey because you spend so much time worrying about what's going to happen and you don't spend enough time enjoying it. So um, if I would just tell myself to relax and enjoy it, that's what I would say. Which is interesting because Dayton talked recently about how he didn't enjoy the, the ride in 2015 as much as he should have. At what point did you start to look back and think, okay, that was that was pretty darn cool? Um, I still look back and think, wow, that really happened. Um, nice. Every day, I just I can't believe it. Like in gymnastics, now it's even less, but at the time it was six girls every four years. That's I don't even know what that is. Like nearly impossible. So it's just it's hard to believe that I I actually did that. And the U.S. Gymnastics Hall of Fame for crying out loud, yeah. how about that? Yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah, right. and I'm actually Missouri's first Hall of Famer as a gymnast, so mm -hmm. pretty excited about that. Very cool. Well, Taryn, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of the C10 Mentoring and Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we hope that you'll leave a favorable review on your favorite podcast platform. If you didn't enjoy it or you have other comments or suggestions for potential guests, you can click on the comment link in the show's notes. 
We drop a new episode at the end of every week, but be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an interview. And if you or your company would like to help underwrite this podcast, let me know. Until next time, this is Matt Folks for the See You in the Major Leagues Foundation saying be safe and take care.